Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. I learned something that has been significantly huge for me that it, I kind of named Earth stuff, like all the Earth stuff that happens to you, just from the fall and the bad stuff and the and then just dealing with people and dealing with yourself and dealing with circumstances and just the reality of um, our physical bodies and feeling good, feeling bad, just earth stuff. What do you do with it? And then there's times in our lives where we have huge amounts of earth stuff, which right now I feel an immense amount of earth stuff in, in my life and can't be specific, but um, using elements of tough love and some very difficult situations that I never thought I would be in. So, um, I, you know, we all say that I never thought I could see myself in this position, but, um, God is so good. And he tells us, what do we do with earth stuff? And, you know, it's obvious. The first thing is pray, but you know what I realized is that I know to pray, but do I pray? Yellow. Because so often it's like, I know to pray, but do I pray? And I wanted to just read this quote from um, John Christendom. I don't know if I said his name right, but he was born in 344 A.D. in Antioch. And I think that this is such a powerful quote about prayer. The potency of prayer hath subdued the strength of fire. It hath bridled the rage of lions. Hushed anarchy to rest, extinguished wars, appeased the elements, expelled demons, burst the chains of death, expanded the gates of heaven, assaged diseases, repelled frauds, rescued cities from destruction, stayed the sun in its course, and arrested the progress of the thunderbolt. And and yes, sometimes it's hard to speak in old English, and then that was, of course, translated probably from uh, the Greek language. So you'll have to excuse my pronunciation. But I just think it's so powerful, and it's so true. What do we do? I mean, what do we do when we don't know what to do? We're shown throughout the Bible, and then throughout our own personal examples in our life. When you pray, it moves mountains. When you pray, the sun can stand still. I'm so reminded of Joshua 10. The Bible says the day the sun and the time stopped. The Israelites were fighting in Canaan, and during the battle, Joshua prayed for the sun and the moon to stop so he could have extra daylight to finish the task. And Scripture records that he would have extra daylight, excuse me, the sun delayed going down a full day. Scripture records that the sun delayed going down a full day. I'm just going to read Joshua 10, 13 through 14. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself of its enemies as it is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delay going down about a full day. There's never been a day like it before or since. And I won't go into all the depth of this, but it's been so, so interesting to me to meet um scientists um, that have concluded and have shown me and proven that they can't account for that day. There is a missing day when they go back in space and they can 
look at time, which blows my mind anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not like the science, you know, guy or whatever. Um, but I love it that God will answer prayer. He will answer it. He hears us. And, and I want to read these, and it's going to seem like a lot of scripture, but I'm going to read them because these are God's promises concerning our prayers. And we don't know these enough. We don't realize these enough. We may see them, but not all together. And so when we see them, I want you to be so motivated to pray about whatever it is that you need from God, whatever's going on, whatever earth stuff is in your life, to give that to God, to pray to him, because here's his promises. In Jeremiah 1.12, he says, I'm ready to perform my word. In John 16, 24, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Matthew 21, 22, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. John 14, 14, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. John 16, 23, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Um, James 5.16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I mean, think about that. Just having one other person pray for you or to call them and you pray and say, you know what? You're a righteous man or a woman because you have the blood of Christ on you and you're forgiven. Not because you're such a great person and you've never done anything wrong. Please pray in agreement with me for God's will over this situation. In giving that earth stuff to God, Job twenty two twenty seven says, You will make your prayer to him and he will hear you. Okay, I'm key, I'm going, I'm on a roll. First John five fourteen says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Doesn't it I mean it sounds like God is saying, I hear you, 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 I hear you. And all these scriptures, not only do I hear you, I answer you. 1 John 5.15 says, And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Are we settled on that? You know? Are we settled on that? We need to be settled on that, no matter what we see or feel or experience. or, I mean, I love it sometimes. It, it's not fun to be in it, but when you're in difficult circumstances, then their facts are real. And we've said this before, and I, and I love this, but Jesus is the truth, and he's the word. And praying the word changes facts, because the truth can change facts. And so, good, yes, let's keep going. I don't know where I left off. Uh, okay, I think I left off in this. John fourteen thirteen. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It's for God's glory. Pray for God's glory to shine in your life. Pray that. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth that will not return void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. John 15, 7, If you abide in me, my words abide in you, and you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. Love that. And, and really, honestly, that word abide means dwell. And so it's kind of like if you just kind of relax back into me, you know, just sit on this perfectly heavenly father's lap and, and trust him 
and go day to day with him and know that he's your daily bread and that he will give you incredible manna for today and he will give you the grace for anything that you are going through. There's not one thing you're going through that you will not have grace for. But what happens when we pray versus what happens when we don't pray, I think we're going to be astonished in heaven. Astonished. Not, not only astonished by how our prayers did move mountains and affected other countries and went across the whole world because, see, God says we're one body and so we're all connected anyway as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so if I decide not to pray, it's going to affect you. Did you know that? If I decide to just check out, it doesn't mean I'm not going to heaven, but if I decide to just join the world, check out, complain, and kind of just go through my day and just, you know, just do the deal without abiding in Christ, it's going to affect all of us. And so that's why I get so excited about getting a lot of people excited about the word. Awesome. Okay. Matthew 18, 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you, if two of you on earth agree on anything that they ask, it will be done to them by their father in heaven. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. And that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Now stop there. Because often we pray, Lord, let me bear fruit for you. And glorify you. And please do this or that in Jesus' name. Well, we don't realize sometimes we're just agreeing with God. You know, when we look at these scriptures and we pray these scriptures, we're just agreeing with God. It's kind of like just saying, God, I'm waking up this morning and I'm going to read your word because I need my mind renewed because I've had plenty of other stuff come in it through my ears, through my eyes, through my own thoughts. And I need my mind renewed. And let me tell you, God, the first thing I'm going to say is I just want what you want. I just agree with you. I agree with you, you know. And, and it's interesting when you say that because it's just such an alignment that you feel with God. You don't even maybe know. Well, I like back back up. We don't know. We don't know what today holds. But we have agreement with God and being in agreement with God just is so good. And it also includes just doing what he says. You know, some people are like, well, I don't know if I hear the Holy Spirit or not. Like one time I heard to just go up to this lady at the grocery store and tell her that God loved her. And I, you know, don't really know if that's the Holy Spirit or not. And I just said, um, well, it's not Satan. You know, if it's something good that you're being prompted to do, do it. Practice hearing the word. Practice hearing the Holy Spirit. And you'll be so surprised how perhaps that woman would have said back to the person that told me that story, I am so thankful that God is, loves me and that, that you said that. I need that so badly. You know, what do we not do because we're not praying and we're not listening? Jeremiah 29, 12 says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. I love that because sometimes I'm like, nobody is listening to me. 
I have a situation right now where I, I'm the least. Okay, I know when I get to the Bible, I get really excited and maybe even sound forceful. I don't know what I sound like, but anyway, I'm the least um, strong-willed in the family. Um, my son, my husband, and my daughter roll over me. And so sometimes I just want to say, somebody listen to me. I do have a little bit of wisdom here, especially when it comes to an 18-year-old because they know everything and you know nothing. And they know what you should be doing. I told my daughter, you correct me more than I've ever corrected you in your entire life. You correct me in a day more than I've ever corrected you in your entire life. Because she knows what I should be doing. She knows what everyone should be doing. Because she's the smartest kid in the world because she's 18. And she is. She's a great kid. But um, sometimes we kind of like want to say, somebody listen to me. And, and you may feel that right now in your life. I know I do. And I know sometimes even with my husband, and I love him dearly, but, you know, I figured out about... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. I've been married 24 years. I figured out about 24 years ago that we're not the same person. That he does not react or respond to things the same way that I would. That he does not always take my advice. I used to think that was criminal. I'm your wife. I'm your helpmate. Take my advice. You know, because I'm. he doesn't always do it. But then God looks at me and goes, well, you don't always take my advice either, Kathleen. Mm -hmm. And I have to go, oh, great. Okay, well, you don't always take your husband's advice either. Well, yes, I do. No. Remember that person he told you to stay away from and he didn't know why? Yes. Well, did you stay away from her? No, because she was an excellent Bible teacher and I thought she was great. And um, well, did it turn out good? No, it did not because it was my husband was right, you know. So... I don't know. I got off on tangent there. Isaiah 65, 24. It will come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are speaking, I will hear. Isn't that awesome? I love that. I wish that was like the fact with everything. You know, like while I'm speaking, you've already heard. And But you know who could do that to us is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. He's awesome. He shall call upon me and I will answer him or her. I will be with him or her in trouble. I will deliver her and honor her. Psalm 9115 is awesome. And then the last one that I'm going to share is Psalm 141.2. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And I love that because I envision literally that our prayers are before God as incense. And that, you know, yes, there are things that we knock and continue to knock. But there's also things where I have to say, God, I'm so glad that my prayer is up there with you. And it's as incense to you. And I'm, I'm trusting that you have already answered it. And it's in your timing and in your way. And it's earth stuff. And I can't control it. And you're going to do it. You're going to do it. It's not any of the ways that I suggested, which by the way, I get, I always give God at least three suggestions. You know what I'm saying? Like, A, you could do this. B, you have an envelope in my mailbox that has, you know, $10,000 in it. And I'm able to give, you know, at least 
you know, half of it to World Vision, and then we're able to pay off the, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? And then C, you could, you know, and then God always does it different, but it's always better. It's always better, and you always learn more, and you always grow more. Some people say, but I don't know how to pray. They'll listen to all this, and they'll go, but I don't know how to pray. I even have people call me in the middle of the night. I've learned to turn my phone off. Getting some little boundaries, Chris. I'm learning. Um, and say, would you please pray for da 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 da? And I'll say, sure, let's pray. No, I can't. I don't. I just want you to pray. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'll pray. You just agree in prayer. No, I just want you to pray because you have a direct line to heaven. No, I don't. I have Jesus Christ, and you have Jesus Christ. If you've asked him to be your Lord and Savior, and I mean Lord as in he's your God, Savior as in he's forgiven your sins, you have a direct line. In Romans 8.26, it tells us, even when we don't know how to pray, because I'm telling you, I've prayed with tears before. I've prayed with groaning before. I've prayed in silence before. The other day, it was... Saturday, probably the most hurtful thing that's ever happened and toughest thing in my entire life. And I prayed in numbness. Do you understand me? Complete numbness. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we don't know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Don't you feel that so often? This is too deep for words. And, and he searches the hearts and knows the mind of what the spirit is. And then this is this great promise. Look at this. And he intercedes for us, the saints, according to the will of God. Wow. So I can send any prayer up there. The most immature prayer or the most eloquent prayer. God doesn't care. Matter of fact, he's looking in our hearts. He sees the motivation of our hearts. I hear so often people say, gosh, that was just such an eloquent prayer. You know what an eloquent prayer is too? Help! That's very eloquent. God hears that because you're his kid. And, and, and if, you hear, if you hear one of your children yell, help, you're there. And so God just says, pray. Because that's what we don't do so often as Christians as we forget to pray. And that's what Satan would love for us to do because the power is in the word and the power is in praying. And then I want to say, pray the scriptures, okay? I'm just going to give you two short examples. One that I'm praying for someone. Um, and, and so this is just using the scriptures to pray. This is an example so that people won't say, what do you mean use the scriptures to pray? When you're reading the scriptures, pull out promises and then write them down so that you can pray specific scriptures over people and over yourself. Because then you're praying the most powerful thing in the universe, the galaxy, and beyond. And I don't know if I said that in the right order, but then again, I'm not a scientist. Okay, Romans 8.30 is what I'm praying for one person. I say, Romans 8.30, bring them into the calling that you have predestined for them. First Chronicles 28.9, help them to serve you with a loyal heart and a willing mind. Psalm 32.8, and instruct them in the way that they should go. I'm praying God's word. 
I'm praying God's word. It's powerful because it's not my words. It's the sword of the spirit. It's the, it's Jesus. It's alive. And then over myself right now, I'm just enough. This is my phase. This is my deal right now. And everybody has something different going on, but this is my deal. And so you'll probably kind of see what I have going on. Matthew 6.33, please help me to seek first your kingdom. Proverbs 3.9, and honor you with my possessions. Proverbs 3.9 also says, and with the first fruits of any increase. Psalm 111 verse 1 says, I want to praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Micah 6.8, and walk humbly with you, Lord, being determined to act justly. Psalm 112.4, loving mercy and righteousness and being gracious and full of compassion. Please, God, please show me how to do that. Please. And then number three from life coaching, what, what I've learned to how to deal with earth stuff, number one was pray. Um, number two was, I don't know how to pray, but... You can pray anything you want to pray as a child of God, and the Holy Spirit will interpret it for you, and that's great news. So number three, to deal with earth stuff, we have to change our mindset. We have to. We have to reset our minds, as a matter of fact, every day. We had a major storm not too long ago. Y'all remember, it knocked out all the electricity for most of us. So all of our clocks went out, right? And so the first thing that I did was reset the clocks so I'd know what time it was, you know, because it just, you know, gets knocked out, you reset it. Well, sometimes we have major storms in our life and our faith gets knocked out. And we need to go to the Word and we need to go to people of the Lord and we need to go to the Lord in prayer and reset our faith. And you know what? You're kidding yourself if you don't think you need to reset your faith every day. You are kidding yourself. Because Satan is coming against you every single day. And we, many people believe, are in the end times. And we need to realize that, you know, it's kind of like fireworks. At the end of the fireworks, they have the last of the fireworks where they set them all off at the same time. That's almost how it feels today. Like, what else what else? And yet, you know, we are so blessed to live in this country. And so that is also part of my prayer is, God, show me how to live differently the way you want me to live. Maybe not the way I was raised to live. I want to change. I want to do differently. So, yeah, we, we bought a house. Now we've put, we haven't even put our house in Elma Heights on the market. But there's nothing I don't love about our house in it's in Terrell Hills, actually. There's nothing I don't love about our house. Nothing. We've lived there for 23 years. I've put blood, sweat, and tears into that house and remodeling and making it perfect and perfect for our family. But when God said move, it just felt, I, I was, it, it, it felt so good to obey him. You know, move. We haven't even put our house on the market. Move. And I can feel him moving me and moving me places. And he's doing it rapidly and he's doing it to you too. And it's a very fast-paced move. I don't know where that came from. But anyway, Romans 8.5. This is how we need to set our minds because this is the problem. If we've got our minds set on the flesh, here it says, For those 
who according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mindset on flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. I want you to hear mindset. What's your mindset? What's your mindset? Is your mindset on bills? Is your mindset on um, God's truth? Is your mindset on how much he loves you? Is your mindset on people that don't like you? What is your mindset? What, where is it set? In life coaching, too, I was talking to someone, and they were in a beautiful spot. And I was, they, they were so upset about something. And, and, and it reminded me how we can be in the most gorgeous setting in the entire world. And we can be, it, it can be like just the softest, warmest winds and the most beautiful flowers. And we are just in this incredible place. But you know what? If you have anxiety or fear or anger or your mind is set on the things of the flesh, what, what I mean by flesh, the things that are of this world, the earth stuff. If you got your mind set on the earth stuff, like, how am I going to fix this? 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 Then you're not going to have peace and joy. So sometimes we read this and we're like, I don't have my mind set on the flesh. Because that means that you're very, you know, overly sinful. Well, no. Having your mind set on the flesh is just earth stuff. And that's how God tells us that if you do that, if you have a mindset on the flesh... You're not going to have peace and joy. But then you can actually be in a very difficult situation. So difficult. Hard. I mean, I could give you all examples. You all know examples. People in the middle of, the, of war. People now existing in the world that are barely able to have food. Um, missionaries that have come back and told me, and I, I have to say that because I've never been a missionary, the joy of the most poverty-stricken countries the mindset is on the spirit. The mindset is on the spirit. So they're in difficult circumstances with peace and joy. Wow. It's kind of like when you go in your car and you drive past a house with a beautiful yard and everything. And you think, wow, those people must just be really happy. Well, hopefully you know by now you're old enough for most of us are to know that and make you happy. You can live in a little shack and be happy if you're trusting God and loving God and loving others. It's a mindset. I thought it was interesting that now one out of 10 Americans aged 12 are older take antidepressants. Um, I really think that that's probably higher. I, I'm not trying to be obnoxious, but just in talking with kids and, and tutoring kids and and also adults, um, I think that that percentage is higher. The rate of antidepressants in the U.S. has increased 40, 400% since 1988. 400%. Um, according to the report by the CDC National Center for Health Statistics. You know, and I want to write here, I, I didn't want to forget to say this. There's nothing wrong with taking an antidepressant. I take generic Prozac because my doctor thinks it might help with the chronic back pain. And I don't really know if it helps or not. 
If it helps 5%, I'm for it. If somebody needs to take an antidepressant, go for it. But don't replace that with prayer. And that's what some people do is like, I just need to get on the right medications and, and supplements. And they've got their mindset on the flesh and they are not in peace and joy. Good grief. I've been to a nutritionist before where I realized there's nothing I can eat according to this person. This is not biblical. I mean, I was so wrought up in the list of foods that I could eat or not eat. That that's all I could think of all day long. And then I realized this is not godly. God is going to help me. If I ask him and I say, God, I'm low on energy. What do I do? He's going to help you. If I say, God, I don't feel good. You know, I feel like I'm going through the change of life. Sorry to be so blunt, but uh, you know, he's going to help you. If you say, God, you know, I'm pregnant and I don't know what to name my child. He's going to help you. And so we, we just need to rest in him. Philippians 4, 7 goes on to say, well, and I'll, I'll read Philippians 4, 6. I don't need to read it, actually. But don't be anxious for anything, but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests be known to God. And then Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It's going to surpass your understanding. It's going to surpass other people's understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I had someone call me this morning that knew what had happened on Saturday, and, and they were like, are, how are you doing? I was like, great. You know, I'm not even faking it. I'm doing great. Well, how can you be doing great when X, Y, Z? Because I trust God's word, and I've been praying God's word, and I've not been focusing on the earth stuff. And the stuff that I can't control, I've been focusing on him who has all control. And, and I'm doing great. My mind is set on the things above. My mind is set there, but I have to reset it all the time. I can't say, well, I know a lot of the Bible. I'm a teacher of the word. I've read the whole Bible two or three times through. So how do you reset your mind? Seriously, if you have to reset it all the time, how do you do it? Really, honestly, to me, it's not trying. So many people are like, I'm really trying to believe God. I'm really trying to trust God. I'm really trying to... It's immersion in the scriptures. It's immersion in the scriptures. Literally like almost water immersion, like you plunge in, you know? You see those commercials where it's just a super hot day and it's scorching and then somebody plunges into a nice cool pool and you just have that feeling of like, wow, what a relief. Plunge into the scriptures and don't stop. Don't stop until you hear the Holy Spirit. Be like Jacob. <laughs> Hold on, you know, and say, I'm not letting go until I hear from you. I am not stopping until I get peace. And, and God is so good. He wants that for you. So he's in agreement with you already. And you don't have to try. Immersion in God's truth is how you change your mindset. So you might want to change your mindset. Like you're thinking, wow, I do need to change my mindset. Especially when I'm around this person. Or especially when I start thinking about this. Or especially when I need to change my mindset. Well, it's not trying again it's immersion in the scriptures. 
Scripture's written down on index cards in your car. Scripture's in your purse. Scripture's in the bathroom. I'm so not kidding you. Do you know how many scriptures I've memorized in the bathroom? I mean, I know that's funny, and I know that sounds funny, but it's true. Just do it. It's good. Otherwise, you end up reading these stupid catalogs and thinking about ordering a bathing suit that's way too expensive and you won't like anyway because it's, you can't try it on and you get it and it's the wrong size and they won't take it back. So let's not even go there. So how can I reset today? Here's what Philippians 4.8 says. This is what God wants us to think on. And he tells us specifically in the word, think on these things. So if I want to reset I can write these things down and say, okay, then today I'm going to think on these things. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell, think, abide on these things to be completely at peace in all circumstances. This needs to be, and the Holy Spirit just really spoke to me this morning. I didn't come up with these words. This needs to be practiced. Then it becomes a habit. And then it becomes a lifestyle. See, first, it's, it's, it's odd, you know, because we aren't normally, this is not our predisposition. I mean, you know, when you're born, we have a predisposition to... Go to the flesh. <laughs> we we do. I mean, I never ever had to teach my children, you know, now it's the time in your life. I'm going to teach you how to be selfish. Say I, I, say no, say okay, no, say mine, okay, pull the toy away from me. I didn't have to teach them that. That was inbred into them. I mean, seriously, that just came from the fall. But what we do need to do is teach ourselves to reset our minds and it's by practice, then it's a habit, then it's a lifestyle. And so I need to reset my mind by thinking on those things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and of good news, good repute. You know, if that means I can't watch the news at night, then I can't watch the news at night. Oh, heavens, if something happens, I will know about it. I can't watch the news. I know that sounds ridiculous. My husband watches the news. I don't even bother to watch the news because I'm going to find out what I need to know. And then all of it is just a bunch of bad, 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 bad. And God has said, sit your mind on things that are good. And there's a lot of good going on around us. Set your mind on things that are excellent, things that are worthy of praise. I mean, just passing a bird or having a sparrow land in a tree in front of you, just praising God for that and setting your mind on how he takes care of the sparrows and how he sent that sparrow for you to see, to be reminded that he's taking care of you. And then number, I think it's number four, actually, not number three. But anyway, trust God for the outcome. Trust God for the outcome. When you've got earth stuff going on, you have to trust God for the outcome. Romans 8, 28, for we know that God causes all things to work for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. For I consider also, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm adding this, well, let me back up. First of all, so many people know Romans 8, 28, but if I'm going to truly believe that, then I'm going to trust God for the outcome. 
And if God says he works all things for good according to those that love him and are called according to his purpose, then he will even work my purposeful sin for good in the lives of my children. Do you understand how much trust? He will even use your rebellion for good if you say, here, I just give you all of me. I'm a mess. I'm not just giving you the good parts of me. I'm giving you all my whole life. And you know what? I'm trusting that you're going to work it for good. I'm trusting that there are no wasted years in my life. I'm trusting Jeremiah 29, 11, that you have a good plan for me. I am trusting that you will restore the years the locusts have eaten. I, I'm happy about that. I, I've had people say, aren't you kind of sad? You've been in a body cast twice. You were pretty much homebound for like five more years and 11 surgeries or whatever. And, you know, don't you just look back and then two years getting off drugs. I mean, getting off narcotics myself that the doctors have put me on, which was like, it's like wishing the stomach flu times 500 on yourself for two years every day. Matter of fact, I bought these moonstones in Santa Fe, and I don't ever buy, I'll take that back, I don't ever buy real jewelry. I buy jewelry, but I just don't buy real jewelry. But it was just such a representation to me of like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. It was like kind of buying something and going, I'm going to be wearing these one day. And I'm not going to be sick. And I'm not going to be over, you know, with 103 fever. And I'm not going to be sweating out these drugs. I'm going to make it. And God is so, let's put our mindset on that. Let's put our mindset on truth. So, no, I don't have any regrets. Now, do I understand all that time? Or why I had leukemia? Or why I had chemo? Or why this? Or why that? And, and in your life, why that? And this? And that? And that? Do you understand it? No, that's one thing I've given up. You know, people give up things for Lent. I've given up something for life. I've given up understanding. And it feels so good because people can say, and a life coach, a beautiful lady the other day, and she, just, she has a really, really, really difficult situation, heartbreaking. And she said, I just don't understand. And I was able to gently tell her the most freeing thing that I've done probably in my life is just to give up understanding. Just going, you know, I don't need to understand. I'm just God's kid. I don't need to figure it out for you. I don't need to figure it out for me. Because I don't know. But God knows. And he's good. Romans 8.18 is so good to, to just remember that here Paul writes, For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be, to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. We need to remember that. I mean, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and a lot of it, he was like waist-deep in, in sewage because of the sewage that ran through the prisons where he was kept. And he was writing these letters to the churches that we now call the epistles, and we don't remember that that is where his circumstances were when he's saying these things. He is not in a hammock in Hawaii. With two or three people feeding him fruit. He is in a horrible situation. And he's able to say, you know what? Get your mindset on the thought that 
this little suffering right here is not anything to be compared with the beauty, the, the glory that's going to be revealed to us. We need to trust in that. I think this is number five. Keep a sense of humor. Okay, that sounds like, is that really God? Yes, because I think God is really funny. I mean, I just have to say, in my life, I laugh every day, usually at myself. Uh, 99.9% time at myself. And um, I have even had um, persons in my house say, what is so funny? And I'm just able to say, you know, God, God is so funny. The way he speaks to us. One of the pictures that I have in my mind, because I know Jesus was so full of joy. He's joy himself. He was so full of God's glory and God's grace and God's goodness. I have a picture of him just throwing back his head and laughing, you know, laughing. Why? Because of the disciples. Think about it. Think about what it was like to hang out with Peter and John together. I mean, John's like, I am the beloved and he's just very, so different than Peter. And Peter's like, you know, opens his mouth and says the wrong thing and cuts off somebody's ear. And I mean, don't you know Jesus is like, good grief, guys. And, and it had a sense of humor with the humans that he is, is discipling. Think about hanging out with the disciples. You know what? I have a sense of humor with the fact that humans interact at all. We're all hilarious. If you really want to think about it. We all have the weirdest little quirks and the things that we do and the things that we think and the things we don't want anybody to know. And you put us all together and it's, it's funny. So I know that Jesus had a sense of humor. I think also experiencing God's power. And when you and I have seen God's power, it is such joy. It is such, there's humor in it because you just laugh. I mean, I remember being told when I was going to die of AML leukemia and being told at MD Anderson, finally, you know, it's over. The leukemia has not come back. Even though your bone marrow was 99% dysplasic and you were given two weeks to live, it's over. And I remember just laughing, praising God and laughing. I think of Jesus, you know, gets... The example that comes to me, I don't know why, but just the lepers coming up to him and, and, and asking to be cured. And that all ten of them are cured there in Luke 17. And, and just how the disciples would be just praising God and laughing and being joyful at the power of God. Okay, another thing that we need to know how to deal with, with earth stuff is dealing with people. And I think this is number six, and if it's not, I don't know. But dealing with people, you know that God tells us to be prepared to answer, to answer others graciously. Are you prepared? Seriously, God tells us to be prepared. He says in 2 Timothy 4.2, to be ready in season and out of season, to speak, to affirm the gospel, um, to tell of his love. But you know what he means by that in season and out of season? It's because we go in and out of season of feeling like we have the Holy Spirit behind us. We go in and out of season of feeling like talking to anybody. We go in and out of season of wanting to reach out. We go in and out of season of good times and difficult times. And, you know, if you're out of season, you still are not excused from being prepared. Isn't that amazing? God's like, okay, you're out of season. You still need to be prepared. 
And, and so I think about that during earth stuff, during times of trouble. I think it's great, and, and I learned this through life coaching, to have an answer ready that's glorifying. And, and, and different people get different answers. Like at church on Sunday after what happened on Saturday, um, people just automatically, I don't know if it's a Texas thing or whatever, but it's definitely all through the South and maybe all through everywhere now. But it's always, hey, how are you doing? And, you know, those people that I know are really going to pray, I looked at and said, pray for da-da-da. And then those people that I wasn't sure that I knew if they were going to pray or not, but I wanted to be answered. I wanted to answer um, with a sincere heart and and, and yet glorify God. Um, I answered this. this. is just my little code answer. I am sufficiently challenged, but God's grace is totally enough. I prepared that ahead of time. Because I hate it when someone says, how are you doing? And you really are struggling or there's really a lot going on. And you go, fine, how are you doing? And then they're really struggling and there's a lot going on. And they lie back to you. Oh, I'm fine. Everything's great. And then everyone feels like everyone's doing great except for themselves. We need to be honest with one another, you know, and have an answer prepared. Literally go home today at some point and think about what people ask you or who it might be or a family member or what the difficult questions are and have an answer that's glorifying to God prepared. And then be prepared to receive what other people say graciously. You know, have in dealing with earth stuff, we always have to deal with other people. And just have the mindset, set your mind that other people mean well. That's going to help you in everything. Because even if they don't, you're going to be happy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'll go speak to a group of two, the hundred, well, the biggest group I've ever spoken to is about a thousand people. But um, that's not a lot when you look at the world. But um, I guess through podcasts, no. Um, did you know this? Our ministry has increased from last year. The listenership has increased 800% since last year. So now I have 23,000 something I'm rounding off below because God's teaching me not to exaggerate. Um, sorry, I share everything. But um, 23,000-something people in 40 countries downloading our podcasts. And, and there, we, we've not done any advertising or anything. The only thing that we've done is offered it for free. And then God just did the rest. Do we need support for the ministry? Absolutely. But God does that too. I just do what I'm told to do. And mostly, I just teach what God's teaching me. Shows you how bad I need it, you know? Well, how do you life coach? Well, I've had a lot of stuff happen in my life. And God has coached me. So here's another thing. Prepared, be prepared to receive what others say graciously. Besides having a mindset that people mean well. And I got on that topic because usually speaking to even 200 people, there's always those people that are like frowning at you or there's people that are snoring or whatever. And, and I have to have the mindset of like, I'm speaking what God has told me to speak. And I have to also have the mindset of people mean well so that I don't leave and go, well, you know, I spent weeks preparing that and 
there were at least, you know, 10% of the people were frowning at me, which means they don't agree with me, which means they don't like me, which hurts my feelings, which means that this is all about me because I am about me. And then I get in the mindset of the flesh so fast instead of just saying, okay, you know, I'm just going to have the mindset that people mean well. And then here's what helps me so much, having the mindset of, of God and staying in, in God's things. The things that people say that are not nice, don't repeat them. After I had chemo, one of my children told me I look like an ugly boy. Okay, well, that kind of hurt my feelings, but I decided since it hurt my feelings that I wasn't going to repeat it. I really had to drudge that up. The Holy Spirit reminded me of it. Because of needing examples that are true for this talk. I remember also after chemo, I had an acquaintance come up to me and say that she wished she could have chemo so she could be as skinny as me. Okay, well, that is not something that I'm going to repeat. Although we love to repeat things like that because we love to shock other people. Can you believe this person said this to me? No, how rude it is rude. And it hurt my feelings. It should hurt your feelings. Well, I think that we need to talk to that person. Just don't repeat it. I still have the mindset of, you know, she meant well. She was trying to say something complimentary. And you know what? It doesn't matter even if she wasn't. What matters is my mindset. Repeat the things that that are meaningful to you. I had a friend tell me this um, when I was in the hospital. No matter what you see and feel, you are healed. She wrote it in a note. No matter what you see or feel, you're healed. And I mean, I've repeated that to myself so many times. No matter what you see or feel, you're healed. No matter what you see or feel, you're healed. You need to get a scripture or something that someone's told you and, and just repeat that to yourself. Repeat the truth to yourself. And not those things that are of the flesh that are negative. So what will you set your mind upon today? The problem or the problem solver? You got a choice right now. Seriously, the negative or the positive? We all need to reset our minds to be grateful. And even if I can't think of anything else to be grateful for, and there I can but if I can't, if I'm in prison like Paul, or there have been times where literally I was in so much pain and agony. And when I was in that coma for five days and had a respirator down my throat, and I just had that 13-hour reconstructive surgery where they went in the front and in the back to get to the spinal cord and moved all my organs and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I really could not find a whole lot of things to be grateful for at that time. But you can always be grateful for your salvation. So even when you're like, I can't even think of anything to be grateful for because everything is really difficult right now. We need to go to Ephesians 1.3 and say, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, who has blessed me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, and that he has chosen me in him before the foundation of the world, that, that I would be holy and blameless before him. He's chosen you in love. He predestined you to be adopted as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. I'm reading on in Ephesians 1, 6. 
to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished on us. You know, I love it. Lavished. I, 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 I want to just say thank you, God, for lavishing your love upon me. You are an, a, a God who lavishes. You, we think that man has, has the uh, ticket on lavishing or being uh, amazingly generous or whatever we've heard of. Nothing is more generous in the whole wide world than God giving his son to die for us and that we would live for eternity with him. He lavished his love on us. So that's what I want to share today. What's your mindset? And I encourage you to not be so confident that you forget to reset it every day. Sometimes thunderstorms happen and shake our faith and we don't even know it. You know, I've woken up before and gone, gee whiz, why are the clocks all on the wrong time? And my husband will say, oh, you didn't even know the electricity went out last night. I still need to reset that clock. Every day, every day. Go to livingjesus.us to hear the rest of Kathleen's message and hundreds more at no cost. Thousands of people in 40 countries download Kathleen's scripture-filled, Jesus-inspired, real-life messages at an increasing rate. Jesus said, freely you received, freely give, Matthew 10.8. If you are able, financially join us in reaching the world for Jesus. Go to livingjesus.us and freely give so that those who could never pay will continue to freely receive.